boy, good morning. Is it like a heavenly day today? <laughs> Feels great out there. Looks great. Kind of reminds you of the kingdom to come, doesn't it? Speaking of heaven, actually, you'd almost say, is this heaven? Well, no, this is not. This is Missouri. And if you're familiar with the movie, The Field of Dreams, uh, that actually was kind of relived this last week uh, in baseball. If you're a baseball fan, they built a stadium there right at the uh, location of the film uh, where they had the house the, uh, and then all the corn, all that was around there, and that was uh, an incredible sight to see. And there they are playing baseball on that uh, field of dreams. And you'll know that there was one line in that movie that said, where there was a question asked by the ball player of ancient old, um, he said, as he came out on the baseball field, is this heaven? And Kevin Costner says, no, this is Iowa. <laughs> that Total difference, isn't there? <laughs> anyway, so much for the baseball. But that was exciting. I did enjoy it, but it really wasn't heaven. Uh, this is not heaven here, even though it's about as close as you can get to heaven uh, before heaven. With God's people. that's And with God present with us, right? What topic is more exciting in all the universe than heaven? Can you think of anything? I dare you. That's more exciting than that topic. Our home <laughs> that is to come is described in Revelation 21 and 22. And uh, we have decided just to kind of camp there for a little while. I like to be in that area just for a little while that tells us about the glorious place that we're going to live forever in a perfect way in glory going to spend eternity with God. And that's what's most important about heaven. The place is going to be incredible. The view that we have is going to be incredible. It's just going to be perfect. But it's all focused upon God Himself that we will be with. Our text today is describing this new Jerusalem. This place where we're going to live. This golden, glorious city. We are looking for a real city, aren't we? Uh, this city of unbelievable glory. Splendid and majestic as it is. It's God's city. It's a city that is without sin. A city we will live in forever. Now, speaking of cities, I don't have a fond view of cities anymore. As a kid, I used to, because that's where all the great baseball teams were at. And I didn't really care about the city itself, but I'll tell you what, if you've really been in most cities, they're pretty, uh, pretty dirty in a lot of ways. They are definitely short of the glory of God. What is the definition of sin that they give you? Usually when you are a little kid learning out, or you first become a Christian and you find out what the definition of sin is. Biblically, it's really coming short of the glory of God. My, how sinful almost everything is. 
short of the glory of God. Uh, we come short of the glory of God. I'm thankful that we've been forgiven. But cities are a good way to demonstrate how short of the glory of God that mankind is. People live in cities. That's what makes it up. It's a, it's a frightful place. Cities are with all the murders of violence. And we know in the past year, we saw all of these on the TV channels that we watch, probably not on the, the network news, but all the riots, the murders, the stealing and looting businesses, setting a fire, whole city blocks, buildings being burnt down, monuments and statues taken down, people were shot and killed by the hundreds every week in these cities. Constantly murders going on. And in these cities, I found out that I never really thought about it too much. In these cities are mayors that run these cities. And they are criminals and what they have allowed to do, and what they even said for people to do. It's a criminal act upon this nation. And there are gangs in these cities. And they're criminals. There's killers, murderers. And we know that this demonstrates the depravity of man. When you look at man's cities in the present day, you know, and we think of... Uh, New York City and Chicago. Minneapolis had literal blocks and blocks burnt down. Think of St. Louis of all places. L.A., Portland, Seattle. It goes on and on in these cities. And they were encouraged to do that. Such a thing. And that shows you kind of what these cities have been like for a long time. We may not have seen and heard all the looting that's going on the robberies, thefts, everything else, murders, all the stuff that is so sinful. Uh, cities rear the, their ugly heads, don't they? Cities have always been that way. Go back to Babylon. Babylon is considered to be one of the great cities on the earth that was actually judged by God. But we know that there's some kind of a city called Babylon in Revelation chapter 17. Oh, there's a whole political system, religious system, Babylon, and it's judged forever. And then we think also of Rome that is like a harlot city as the Bible, Revelation describes it. Listen to this in Luke 16.15 it says this, That which is highly esteemed among men is abomination in the sight of God. Do you ever remember that verse? Boy, that really sticks out there, doesn't it? People are amazed at the great cities. And I'll tell you what, it's, it's interesting to go to cities and see all the museums and all the great buildings that man has made. And we marvel at them. You know, I'm not saying we shouldn't have cities, but here's the problem. When you get sinners together, and then sinners together in big numbers... And then put sinners together 
living with each other in just within miles, it becomes very sinful. You see, the man, mankind's sin just keeps mounting and you put them together and we see the awful depravity. And you think of other ancient cities, Athens, Corinth, Tyre and Sidon, Delphi. And what you see there is short of the glory of God because what you have is pagan idolatry, immorality, debauchery in those cities. And not that you're just, just going to sit cities and not in small villages, but think about it when man gets together and they think of things without the glory of God. What's the chief end of man? To glorify God. So what is man's natural tendency? To go against that grain. To sin. Because his nature is sin. So cities are about there because they are gathering places of many sinners. And the more sinners you have, the worse the sin. Now let's change course in that. Such is not the case for a place that is all about the glory of God. The glory of God. What is sin? Coming short of the glory of God. The glory of God is where God resides. The city of New Jerusalem. For once, we will have a city that is holy, pristine, clean, perfect, gorgeous, beautiful, where sin never exists. It'll have the holy triune God in it. It will have the holy angels. It will have the holy people chosen by God. What a city. That city is what I want. That's what I'm looking for. St. Louis just doesn't do the job for me. Kansas City? Blight on Missouri. At least by their leadership. It's the way it is all over. We have a great leader. Perfect leader, God. You know, you've heard songs about this is where I belong. That's where I belong. It's heaven. That's where our citizenship really is. We will be there someday. Do you have longings for heaven? And if you say you don't, then I would doubt your salvation. Because that is the natural tendency now to be with God in the most perfect place. Why would anybody want to stay here? Versus heaven, right? We excite ourselves as we read about it, think about it, anticipate. I would like to know what it's all about. I've got a little bit here in Revelation. Actually, I have a lot. My problem is, is that I can't see anything more than what's there. My mind tries to expand and get a hold of this. I was talking about Field of Dreams and that movie, you know, where you get pictures and 
moving things and all the colors and everything, all the glory that goes with it. And I wished I could put up on the screens today the glory of heaven. And you know that there is no way that man could ever reproduce that. And as we read here today, actually to treat it fairly, I would just read the text and we all just walk out the door going, ah. Because there's nothing that I can add to this text. And I know you're saying, Dennis, are you actually going to do that? Well, we have to preach on it. But there's nothing that I can add to that. I was trying to think of the most colorful language that I can come up with. And it's already there. Uh, it's mind-boggling just to know what it's all about. But we get a glimpse of heaven in glorious details. They're select. And frankly, they're absolutely staggering. Mind-boggling and just absolutely overwhelming. Are you ready? Let's read it. Revelation 21, 9 through 21. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and spoke with me saying, Come here. I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And it carried me away in the Spirit to a great and high mountain, showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. This is John. John is actually seeing this. And he's describing this now. Having the glory of God, her brilliance was like a very costly stone as a stone of crystal clear jasper. It had a great high wall with twelve gates, and at the gate twelve angels, and names were written on them, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the sons of Israel. There were three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, three gates on the west. And the wall of the city had twelve foundation stones. And on them were the twelve names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. The one who spoke with me had a gold measuring rod to measure the city and its gates and its wall. The city is laid out as a square, and its length is as great as the width. And he measured the city with the rod, 1,500 miles. Its length and width and height are equal. And he measured its walls, 72 yards, according to human measurements, which are also angelic measurements. The material of the wall was jasper, and the city was pure gold like clear glass. The foundation stones of the city wall were adorned with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation stone was jasper, second sapphire, the third chalcedony, the fourth emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardius, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase, the eleventh jacinth, twelfth 
amethyst. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each one of the gates was a single pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. Father, great God, we adore You. We adore Your beauty and glory, and it sheds the beauty of You as the light shines on this beautiful city. Lord, help us grasp this in our little finite minds to go up a little step on our thinking of heaven. For that is where we are at best when we are thinking of heaven, dwelling on You. In Jesus' name, Amen. Oh, what a text. I can't think of a better privilege in the world than talking about something like this. So all we do is take the words and just kind of, I don't know, meditate on think on them. But let's break it down. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came and spoke with me saying, Come here, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. you got the angel here. This angel is familiar. He was with the other angels. Seven angels. He's one of them. And there he is showing John this magnificent vision. Tell him to go up onto the high place. And he's describing this city uh, interesting as the bride of Christ. The wife of a lamb. You see, the city takes on the character of its inhabitants. The city takes on its very characteristic or nature the city is made up of people. That's why when you look at a city here in present day, it takes on the character of the people. It takes on the character of the leadership. Why do I have such a low view of cities? Just like I said before, look at what's happened in the last year. And then look back. You Remember all the movies that were about the 1940s and 50s and all those famous characters that came out of Chicago, that city's been like that forever. They've all been like that. I, I used to have hold them in high esteem because they were just great. You know, the Big Apple. Well, this city here, um, you can't compare it to. I mean, we've seen cities and we have a dim view of them today. Uh, look in chapter 19, verse 7 through 9. How about that bride? What kind of characteristic does the bride have? Verse 9, uh, He said to me, Right, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Who's the Lamb? That's Jesus. Who's Jesus marrying? And you look back in verse 7, Let us rejoice and be glad. Give glory to Him, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and His bride has made herself ready. The city, Jerusalem, is the bride. All the characteristics of the glory of the bride. It's married to the Lamb. The characteristics of God. That's why the city of New Jerusalem is related to 
the bride. Us. We know in Ephesians 2.20 it talks, or or, in Ephesians talks about the bride in chapter 5 and we've mentioned the bride of Christ here. It's mentioned again. It's made up of God's people, the city's character, all the saints of all time. Now there's a vision that is given to John. He says, come here, John. I'm going to show you something else now. He's been showing him things all along, been showing this horrible judgments of mankind that are from God that have to be. And now he's showing him things that he's trying to describe in human language. And you really can't do that because we're not glorious yet. We can't understand this. But we get a faint glimpse of it and it's so good we're poking our eye through the hole in the fence and seeing what amazing glory is inside there. Ever ever done that at a ball game or some show that they would have or some circus that there'd be a little bit of hole and you'd peek in there as a kid and you'd go, wow, I wish I was in there. That's what we're doing right now. We're looking into heaven and saying, what is it all about? I want to be there. That's what you. That's really what you, where you want to get. Is I can't wait to get there. The anticipation is there. Now John's on the Isle of Patmos. Spiritually, he goes on a journey, a journey that he can't even imagine. He got a real good look at the city, a very good vantage point, because it's up high and it's looking down upon the whole deal. Remarkable. It's dazzling. It's dazzling glory. He says, I'm going to show you the bride. Verse 10, He carried me away in the Spirit to a great and high mountain. We have drones today. He's looking at this glorious place from this high mountain. And He showed me the holy city. The only city I ever really want to move to. Jerusalem. Coming down out of heaven from God. Wow. Good kid. Um, as you read this section, the dazzling beauty, the glory, it's so beyond our ability to comprehend what really is all there. These eyes, these minds are not built to see something so amazing. And the city is descending out from where? Out of heaven. From God. What's that mean? Is it up there kind of dangling around in nothingness? Does it come down to the earth and sit there? I don't know. What I can tell you is that we know that the, the old heavens and the earth have been burned up, right? And now we've been looking at the new heavens and the new earth. And the heaven where God has dwelt didn't burn up. It's always been there. You see, it's not tainted by sin. You see, this is the dwelling place of God. 
This is the new Jerusalem. It comes down out of heaven. Whatever that means, I will tell you, it's already eternally existing. And it comes down to the new heavens and new earth. You know, there are like three heavens, which is just above us, the clouds, and then out into the, you know, the sun and the moon and the stars and the planets all the way out in the universe. And then you have the third heaven, where Paul was caught up, paradise, heaven, that's always been perfect. It comes down right into its appropriate place. There's point number one. I want you to take a breath. So we'll go on to point number two. That's all we have today. And we actually are halfway over. Here we go. Are you ready to delve into this? Or verse 11. This city has the glory of God. Brilliance was like a very costly stone. Now, he describes the city. And it's actually a physical place. Now, I know a lot of people like to think of heaven as kind of surreal. Just floating about, you know, maybe like angels in all white. Just floating around from here on through eternity. Occasionally somebody will be playing a harp. Everybody has their ideas out there, but of course if you read the Bible, you go, that's not, that's not it at all. Uh, he gives us a description of this. It's a physical place. It's a real place. It's not surreal. It's not nirvana. It's not a place of nothingness. It's real. Matter of fact, it's more real than what we are doing today. Because it is the glory of God. Having the glory of God. That is the makeup of it, but we'll go into details now. And I want you to picture this city for a moment in all of its beautiful array of jewels and amazing metals. And he uses those because it's what we're most familiar with, that what are the most precious stones and metals here in the earth? What's the most spe special preciousness of them? And money is based on really the gold standard, or it used to be, but everything was based upon what was the most precious creation of God outside of mankind. And he takes stones and metals because they last. And the brilliance, colors, the glory of them is nothing that man can actually duplicate. They're God-made. But in heaven, these stones are even going to be much more than what we know of here. And our eyes, you know, will be glorified. We will be able to pick up the light, which is how we see colors and things. We'll be able to pick up things 
so much more than what we do now. I'm a little cloudy these days. It's time for one of those eye surgeries that I've heard people have. And uh, it's really cloudy. I look out on a sunshiny day and I'll just see, like, mist. And it's like, I want to wipe my glasses. <laughs> but still yet, I can see all the colors and the brilliance of the sun and such. It's bright. Man, what's going to happen when we have glorified bodies and we will see God? You shall see God and be like Him. We won't be God, but we'll be like Him. Uh, what does that mean? Well, we'll be able to see Him. Imagine all the light that will be all throughout. There won't be any need of the sun or the moon or the stars. Because you see, it's emanating from God Himself. There won't be any dark corners. There won't be any shadows there. It's always bright, always light. I love that. I love when I walk here on a Sunday morning and I see the light streaming in from the sunshine. It just gets my day going. You know, it's... I hate to be locked up in a dark house, a dark room, except if I'm feeling bad or I want to go to sleep. There's no sleep in heaven because you'll never get tired. You say, what? No sleep? You won't want to sleep because you can't wait to see the next thing that happens. You don't want to sleep through it. Whatever it is, it's going to be something. Okay, well this glory characterizes the city, doesn't it? Has the glory of God, and I want to tell you, that's where it's fully expressed. In heaven. We've seen glimpses of His glory here, and even in His creation we see it. Uh, Moses saw the backside of the glory of God. Uh, we know that there was a temple. And the glory of God was in there, the tabernacle, the temple, and then Jesus came here and He showed Peter, James, and John His glory by the light that illuminated from Him. Bright and dazzling glory. And that was a glimpse of His glory radiating from this city, this jewel called New Jerusalem. It's all the glory that can possibly be. And it will astound us because it will be majestic. It will cause great wonder constantly. And our bodies themselves will be emanating brilliance. Everywhere you look will be brilliant. Chapter 4, verse 3. Revelation. John was given a glimpse of the throne room of God, which is right here. It says in verse 3, He who was sitting on the throne, says on the throne, verse 2, he says he's there, right? It was like a jasper stone. And we'll get into that jasper here real quick. Sardius in appearance, and there was a rainbow around the throne like an emerald in appearance. 
I can't show any visual aids here. I really kind of thought about it and go, I can't do that. It would fall short of the glory of God. That would be kind of sinful to put that up there and say, this is what it's going to be like. I really don't know. You have the full expression of God just flashing everywhere throughout all of New Jerusalem, throughout all of the new heavens and the new earth, all the way out through the whole universe, emanating all from God. He just lights it up. Friday night, I started hearing booming from the house. Inside the house. It's like boom, boom, boom. And I thought, man, those neighbors slamming the doors awful hard, aren't they? I thought, no, that's that's some kind of fireworks. I said, well, it's gotta be the neighbor behind us. You know, they're younger, they're like, you know, thirty or something. And they had fireworks left over from Fourth of July or something. And it kept going and going, it was like fifteen, twenty minutes, wasn't it? I had to go outside and so say, what in the world is going on? Who is putting on this display? This must be amazing. Looked up in the sky and the sky was kind of, you know, just a little bit lighting up. And I'm going, that's not around the neighborhood. And I thought, oh, maybe it's at Lincoln University. And I said, I, Carolyn, i got to go find out where this is coming from. It just kept on going. It was longer than the 4th of July show here in Jeff City. <laughs> Uh, does anybody know about this? Evidently, you guys didn't know about it either. Well, I drove to down around Lincoln, which is a mile away. There was nobody around there. I'm going, well, wasn't it? And, and all of a sudden, I saw a great big, big flash. Just, oh, it was tremendous. And I go, I'm going to follow that. Well, that was the end of the show, evidently. You know. <laughs> I kept driving, and I said, well, let's go to the Capitol. You know, Carolyn suggested, are they doing something about the Capitol? You know, it is the 200th anniversary of Missouri, right, being a state. And there were a lot of people gathered up on High Street, and the closer I got to the Capitol, more people I saw, you know, just cars parked everywhere. And all of a sudden, I saw smoke emanating from where the that uh, museum is down there below the governor's mansion, and around where the river was at, and I drove around the Capitol, and I could barely see. All of a sudden, there's just smoke everywhere. I couldn't see the brilliance or anything, but I saw the smoke, and it was a bit of more I drove. I said, I, I'm going back home, and it, it was just smoke everywhere, and I rolled up my windows and everything, and it was like, that must have been some kind of a show. Quite brilliant, you know, for, for that to go that long, and uh, so I didn't know anything about it. But, you know, that gets our attention, doesn't it? And I think, my, <laughs> this is nothing compared to what we are going to see every moment for eternity. It's just going to be never-ending of the brilliant glory because that's a glorious fireworks show. You know, expect it to end, and well, it should. But I can't imagine something that never ends the glory of God. And it never gets boring because it's just more and more. There's no grand finale. It just keeps getting better and better. If it can get better, I don't know. God God, God doesn't get better. He's always been best. 
So His glory is always best. I think we just learn, don't we? Okay, um, it said crystal clear jasper. Uh, the city is displaying the perfections of God. Uh, the Puritans and Jonathan Edwards always used to like to use that word, the excellencies of God. The beatific vision. The use of gems is made to describe this. You know, we can think of the great perfections of the person of God and we study His attributes, His goodness, His faithfulness, His majesty, His sovereignty, His grace, His mercy, His love, His justice, His holiness. Wrap all those up. Add them up. Have the, you know, in a column, add them up, and the sum comes to be the glory of God. That's what Moses saw in the backside. The loving kindness, the mercy of God, for instance, is what he saw. And now John is seeing this amazing vision. And He's not qualified. We are not qualified or capable of understanding fully what these gems are about. We see here in 11, the brilliance was like a very costly stone. It's like this. This is as good as I can get. I'm going to compare it to a costly stone as a stone of crystal clear jasper. Now we saw that word jasper in Revelation 4. Well, it stays consistent and John sees this again. It's the glory of God and then he sees the stone of crystal clear jasper. And you know what that is? More than likely, it is diamond in all their absolute perfections. Diamonds are like the elite, right? Of all the rocks. When you get something that has a few ounces to it, (laughs) you've got probably the elite collection. This is found everywhere. All over the New Jerusalem. It makes up the New Jerusalem. Crystal clear jasper has a great high wall and twelve with twelve gates and the gates twelve angels and the names were written on them which are the names of the twelve tribes of the son of Israel. There were three gates on the east, three on the north, three on the south, three on the west. How many is that? Twelve. Do you think that's literal? It says 12, and then it says 3 on the north, south, east. Why would we take it any different? And I don't think there's much of any Christians that even take this spiritual. I think they all take it physical here, and I say, if they don't, why not? 
He's saying, don't you get it? <laughs> Three times four is twelve. Twelve has meaning here. Twelve is about the government and authority of God. And the wall of the city had twelve foundation stones and on them were the twelve names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Twelve angels, twelve tribes, twelve foundation stones. Ephesians 2.20 talks about the apostles. The Word of God was written by them. The last apostle being John who wrote Revelation. 2.20 Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus Himself being the cornerstone, foundation stones, the apostles. you got the twelve tribes of Israel here. Twelve, twelve everywhere. You know, I think it's used seven times in chapter 21. In the book of Revelation, it's mentioned 21 times. Twelve, 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 right? Expensive stones for the foundation of this city. Think of the priest, the great high priest, which would wear the breast piece, and it's probably taken from that. Those stones, at least eight, we see on there, and even all the way up to as much as twelve that are on them there. They they have the twelve stones, but Maybe the way that these stones are described, but I tend to think it's coming from there. These colors are special. They represent here amazing authority and that God is, has. The government of this city. There the apostles are given a special place. I don't know what all this means. It's just amazing. Now, that was the, what I say, physical makeup, description. Let's go into the measurements here of this city. The one who spoke with me had a gold measuring rod to measure the city and its gates and its walls. The city's laid out as a square, and its length is as great as its width. It's measured the city with a rod 1,500 miles, its length and width and height are equal. And it measured its wall 72 yards according to human measurements, which are also angelic measurements. Oh, well. Okay, now it really gets detailed here. Look at this further description here. 1,500 miles wide. 1,500 miles long, 1,500 miles deep, 1,500 miles high. What's that called? A cube. This is a city that is a cube that's 1,500 miles each way. Not even 1,500 square miles. 1,500 miles each way going all the way on up. That's what I know. And you can say, well, what's the measurements reflecting here? Uh, well, 
the utter perfection of the city is seen here because you notice how complete it is? Do you notice how the balance is here? And order in this city? There's no order in the cities today, are there? The balance is perfect. You see, God is a God of balance. He doesn't have one extreme and then then another one that's inconsistent. But it's all perfect balance. Now, what we need to think of is a cube back in the ancient days was a symbol of perfection. We have measurements as close and as perfect as we can get beyond in man-made measurements. It can be off just to the very nth, nth degree. But God is perfect. Now I look at a square and I say that's a perfect square. You know, you might look at a table and it's square and its measurements are right on. But I can guarantee if you just kept going down and down, finally getting to its smallest kind of measurements, you'll see that it's off a little bit. God is perfect. And this 1,500 miles is representing the vastness of this city. There will be plenty of room for people who are going to heaven. Can you imagine if you just gave uh, like a, a room of this size right here to each individual? And let's say there are millions, and I think there's going to be millions in heaven. And there, there could be, let's say, hundreds of millions. I don't know. A billion? I don't know. But there will be plenty of space for all of them to live in the house. I go to prepare a place for you. And in that place, in that house, there are many... The old King James said mansions. It's almost like everybody has their own little mansion and on a hill or no... You see, when a couple would get married back in those times, it would be added on to the father's house. The son goes... He's made a proposal to the one who's going to be his wife. And she says yes, he goes back and builds on to the father's house. And only the father knows when that house is ready. Because the son would do about two days, okay, it's ready, I'm going. No, 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 you don't know. Son now knows that's in heaven. He knows when that's going to be. But at the time when he was a man-god, he did not know. Only the Father knows. He knows now. I wonder if that's about done. Well, there's going to be plenty of room. We're not going to be crowded, but we're going to have a lot of people there. And we'll have eternity to know each and every one of them and to talk with them and never have to worry about time. I've got to go home now. I've got to go, got to go do something, you know, feed the dogs or what have you. They'll be taking care of themselves. 
um, um, astonishing. It's beyond anything that we can imagine. <laughs> it's way beyond it. You know, we have to wait to be able to really appreciate what He's got for us in store. So that's it, Dennis? Do we have a little bit more there? Well, he does describe some things here that I think I really get a kick out of here. By the way, it says a great high wall. Why do you build walls for? Well, basically to keep people or things from coming in. Or from people going out. (laughs) That's not the reason for this wall. For there will be no enemies in all the known universe, wherever we live and where we want to visit and whatever we do. The, you see, you know what happened to the enemy? That's already happened. They're not going to come around and try to get in and kick in the door or kick in the gate. You want to know why? The gate is already open. You see, the gates are open, as described a little bit later. So, you have this wall. Well, the best that I can think of, I'm sure there's much more reasons than that, probably a much better reason, but the best I can think of is if you put a wall up and it's made of nothing but diamonds. That's all it is. It's all one great big wall for 1,500 miles, 1,500 miles, 1,500 miles, 1,500 miles, and going up, And that's all diamonds. Now, what do you think of that, Penny? (laughs) I thought of you this week as I went to that that diamond. Now, not that, you know, you're the only lady in this room that likes diamonds, because if you're a lady, you've got to like diamonds, right? Yeah, well, guys do too. They just don't like to talk about it, because they know how much it costs. It's very costly, and well, it should be. That's probably why you would give a diamond ring that is gold, because it's like at the at the highest. This is what you value your wife, so you give a as much as you can afford. <laughs> I'm feeling kind of bad here, going back about forty-two years. I did the best I could. My gold ring is even gone that I had that uh, I was given. You see, it's too many years and it wore away. Yes, even gold here will wear away. And remember, it's it wasn't the thickest of, of the gold. But, you know, I have silver now. So, with the cross and it's silver. But it still symbolizes something, and you know, very special. So that's why we have gold and diamonds. Big time. Well, the beauty of this place. By the way, it can remind you of the security of what Christ has done for us and is. Totally secure in this place forever. And the walls are just nothing but dazzling beauty. And you know what happens whenever light hits a diamond 
What happens when a pretty bright light hits a diamond? Do you start seeing different colors? What happens when you have the most brilliant light that you can possibly shine on it? I don't know. But it's going to be at a sight that I have never seen. And the sight and the vision that we'll have, it'll be better than 2020. Wherever you're standing, you can probably see these walls and the light just glistening off of it. The glory of God is glistening off these diamonds and whenever light hits, it just can kind of go everywhere, can it? We're inhibited by light today. We have to get sunglasses when it gets too bright because our eyes can't take it. Well, glorious eyes can take all the brilliance of God's glory. I guess. Does that sound pretty good? Okay, the reflection of the glory of God, it's perfect, it's flawless. Have you ever seen a flawless diamond? Is there such a thing? I'm not sure. Has, has anybody ever heard of flawless diamond here on, in, America, or in the world? There is. Flawless walls around us. Okay, uh, here we go. Verse 19. Uh, and 18. This uh, is describing the physical materials, and we go much quicker now. The material of the wall, the wall, I just already told you this, was jasper, which we know it says, and the city was pure gold like clear glass, diamonds and gold. It's like that, but it's better, much better. What does this look like? Gold and diamonds. And you can see through it. Uh, you take a gold ring, some of you have a gold ring out there, and you look at it and say, well, I can't see through it. You, you, well, you can't. You can't see through gold, can you? This gold, you can't. All the brilliance that gold has, plus much more, and yet you can see through it. It's crystal clear. Diamonds, crystal clear. The glory of God, it's just bouncing around everywhere. It's not the same kind of gold. It's not the same kind of diamonds. Something like that. It's more beautiful. Jasper, diamonds. Gold, like clear glass. And here we go. Foundation stones of the city wall. These, you have diamond walls and the foundation stones of the city wall were adorned with every kind of precious stone. The costliest of all stones that we know here are going to be much more precious and much more valuable than here. The first foundation stone is jasper. Diamond. We described that. So the walls are diamond, and in the foundation stones are diamond. The second is sapphire, and sapphire you are familiar with. You've seen sapphire. And when you see it sometimes you go, oh. And then the third is chalcedony, and you say, oh, I'm not so sure what is that. Well, it could be like sky blue, and I, go, I went outside this morning, sat on the front porch, front porch 
took my Bible, looked at my notes, and I looked up in the sky, and I said, wow, it's a gorgeous day. Have you guys ever done that? I looked in the sky, and there were no clouds. And it felt kind of pretty cool out. It was just beautiful as I looked at that sky blue color that is as good as it gets. Here in Missouri, that doesn't happen a lot. And what it does, there are usually clouds that come around, and you know what? I like those clouds because sometimes they take a lot of that bright sun and mellow it down a little bit, and they look beautiful too, don't they? But it was just a high, beautiful, clear blue sky. You probably saw it this morning, and then it says the fourth is emerald. Emerald is that beautiful greenish, move on, emerald, you know. Sardonyx is the next one. And it means something like red and white and it's parallel or with each other. Um, another one is sardius. And that's quartz that has an orangish, reddish tone to it. We're using quartz here. Uh, chrysolite is actually a transparent kind of gold again. Beryl is like uh, gold and aqua together. I was mentioning this a little bit to Carolyn as she was sitting down on the other side there and, and she goes, the color right there, kind of what she's got there. Notice the diamonds, the real diamonds that are around her neck. <laughs> Big old diamonds that are like about six ounces a piece, right? <laughs> Those aren't diamonds, and just having a fun there. At any rate, you know, Carolyn is something to always look at. When I want to look at something really, and I'm embarrassing her, you know, but you, you look at your husband, you look at your wife, you look at somebody, your sons, your daughters, and, you know, they're beautiful to you, right? They're precious to you. People and souls are precious. And not that I'm saying these stones are that precious, but they are in the sense that this glory and the light is emanating from God onto these stones and making them look their most glorious, brilliant way. But they have. I didn't keep repeating these words. Uh, you have topaz, which is a gorgeous yellow. Uh, a chrysoface, which is apple green. Remember as a kid, you would see these rings that you'd get, or you'd get this candy that would be apple green. It was a neat color, wasn't it? And this is apple green quartz. Ooh. And then there's Jason. And that's a transparent zircon. It's like a shining violet. And then lastly, the amethyst, the twelfth one. That's a clear crystal, intense purple. I love purple. Intense purple, and it's clear and it's crystally. Oh, girls, you're all ears right now, aren't you? You guys appreciate these kind of things. You love different colors and you love to wear them on your dresses and your shoes and such. And it's great to have it here, isn't it? 
And what I'm describing is, can you imagine what it's going to be like there for eternity? Let's finish it up right at the end. The twelve gates, twelve gates were twelve pearls. And it describes it here. It's not like a pearl about this size on that door. Or this size. <laughs> the whole door is a pearl. One single pearl. It's nothing there but pearl. What a gate. It says that, and one of the gates, or see, uh, each one of the gates was a single pearl. And you know what pearls can do whenever light hits that? It's amazing how pearls are made. You think of the mother of pearl, the shellfish, and its reaction that comes from without, whether it be water mites or certain inanimate objects and dealing with that shellfish and there's kind of a defense there, whatever, and there's a secretion and you wind up getting this beautiful, gorgeous pearl. You ever heard of the pearl of great price? That's Jesus Christ. He is the pearl of great price. And He took on a great deal of pain from without and he withstood it, and out comes the beauty of Christ and salvation that he gained from all that suffering. Whew. Twelve gates, three on each side. So as you gaze around, you see these diamond walls, and then you look at the foundation stones with all the beauty that's there. I've run out of adjectives. I don't know what to say. <laughs> Last thing we go. The street of the city was pure gold. Our rings, most things that we have of gold are kind of mixed. Alloys and such. Pure gold like transparent glass. And I couldn't help but think of Tony. Because a lot of times Tony is help, helping fix our streets and highways that we have these potholes that you could build a house on. Tony and his group. What's that? Yeah. <laughs> These potholes will be driving along. Poof, poof, what was that? <laughs> and then we drive there maybe, you know, like a week later. We drive, wow, what happened? <laughs> Tony must have been here. Oh, geez, like, what we said. No. Oh, no. He makes worse. Those trucks, after they fix them, they tear them up again, right? <laughs> Got to have a little bit of humor here. <laughs> but uh, the way it went through the winter and the spring, all the rain, and of course the weather changes and that kind of thing, it happens. But this year seemed like it's been kind of unusual. That's part of the infrastructure, I think they call it. We've been hearing that. That's a famous word going about right now, the infrastructure. Well, we won't have cables and wires and 
the, the windmills, you know, that you have up in Iowa? <laughs> Is this heaven? <laughs> uh, I want to tell you, wow. Uh, you know, we won't even have internet there. No, we won't. Uh, we won't need it. I don't even think we'll even need cars. You want to go someplace, you just go, you're there. Boom. That's it. I don't know. You just go through walls. Christ did. He's here. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but this this is time to close right here. Uh, this is pure gold, like transparent glass, and it'll never wear out, Tony. Tony, you'll never have to drive a truck again. Whether it's filling potholes or laying out highways or doing curves, we're talking concrete, all those Stuff that you do is the best that we got, you know, basically. I'm sure there's other kinds of materials you could be using, but it's much more expensive. But it's the best, basically, of what we have, and we do with what we got. Those highways, when they're first laid out, they're black and they're beautiful, and you're driving along, and it's smooth. And, you know, not too long from now, it's going to have little holes in it. And... Uh, this right here is the streets are you can see through them what you see through I don't even know <laughs> it's, it's just going to be something else everywhere you go just constantly you know what you're going to be giving glory to God in everything that you do or see whatever it is you're going to be worshiping like you've never worshiped before because it's going to be so evident everywhere you turn and think is going to be nothing but glory and that's what He wants. He wants us to experience all the glory He has. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Does anybody have anything to say? <laughs> Do you have any adjectives that can be added? <laughs> I just want to know when we're going to go. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go check this out. <laughs> <laughs>
went out to eat lunch, came back to Big Sur, but then I realized yeah, I probably should have gotten this before I went back to Big Sur. <laughs> and there's a speed trap there, 55 miles per hour.
Yeah. Okay, the emergency or something, blah, blah, blah. 